0: What's up, future PTAs? I have a quick announcement to make before we get started with today's episode. On Sunday, April 24th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will be hosting a free masterclass webinar to help give students the blueprint they'll need in order to take all of the stress and anxiety out of studying for the boards and also provide students with the structure they'll need to absolutely crush the NPTE. Sign up for free down in the link below in the show notes. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? We're going over complex regional pain syndrome today, also called CRPS, not to be confused with CPRS, which is a physical therapy place that's at least local for uh, where I live in central Pennsylvania. But complex regional pain syndrome is something that we can see happen with any sort of trauma. It can end up showing up. Essentially, the biggest thing to think about is that that everything becomes super sensitive. So let's kind of get into it. Anatomy, it's where the main thing we're focused on is that sympathetic nervous system. So what's going on with this, the sympathetic nervous system, remember, that's our fight or flight nervous system. So this is going to cause like an onset of the sympathetic nervous system activation of it, um, due to like the pain, the severed nerves and everything that's going on. It's just kind of throwing everything for a whack. So it's going to cause some vasoconstriction in the peripheral blood vessels. And this is due to the release of norepinephrine. So remember epinephrine and norepinephrine are our catecholamines. And those are the ones that are kind of what we would term uh, for regular folk adrenaline. So it's kind of like you're getting an adrenaline rush every time that that pain is kind of sent through your body. So That's why that this is a chronic condition and kind of associated with all of those other, you know, problems with nerves and stuff. So the biggest thing that we're going to see with this patient is you're going to see an increase in sensitivity in the peripheral areas. So if it's the hand, you're going to see an increase in sensitivity, let's say on the dorsum of the hand or something like that. It's going to swell up for the foot. You're going to see it kind of go up the lateral side of the foot, even on top of the dorsum of the foot. Could be really anywhere, but those are like more common areas due to the fact it's probably like an ankle sprain or like a wrist fracture or something like that. What's happening at the nerve level is the sensory, which are called afferent or afferent nerves. Remember, A means that this is our, our sensory nerves. So... They're going to send random pain signals because they're injured. So for example, if it's like a crush injury, they've wrecked all those nerves in the uh, the periphery, and they're sending these random pain signals up to the brain. And that's why we notice that chronic pain is one of the big signs and symptoms of complex regional pain syndrome. So that's kind of what's going on. The motor nerves, those are the ones that are going to be sending signals that are going to cause that sympathetic activity to start happening in the periphery. So these are the nerves that are going to signal the vasoconstriction due to the release of epineph- or norepinephrine and stuff like that. So that's kind of what's happening with the anatomy when it comes down to it. So let's get into the etiology. As I kind of alluded to before, trauma is the number one cause of complex regional pain syndrome. This could be trauma from your arm is literally crushed in like a machine at work, or it could be you sprain your ankle playing soccer. It could be one of those things. Crush injuries end up being one that we definitely see it a lot of times with. But any sort of trauma, this is what's going to cause it. Other causes that we could see include surgery. So any sort of post-surgical intervention, you could see that this might end up happening with this patient. I've seen it happen with some Achilles repair injuries, seen it happen with some just like other foot things. It can happen after surgery. So just being careful. Um, with that any sort of wrist and hand surgeries just kind of being aware a traumatic brain injury so that can cause it due to just the nerve problems in general and just the fact that usually traumatic brain injury is kind of associated with something else that's kind of going on wrong where there's a fall accessory trauma and stuff but the miscommunication of pain signals and everything that can also cause complex regional pain syndrome and a stroke so cerebral vascular accident could cause this as well. And then we're also going to see that the lower motor neuron injuries, so that would be like carpal tunnel, tarsal tunnel, Bell's palsy, all those peripheral nerve problems and lower motor neuron injuries could end up causing um, complex regional pain syndrome due to the miscommunication, the misfiring of nerves, that norepinephrine going through, all of that just causing pain, just bad, not good, not what we want to see. And kind of how I mentioned before, five percent of all injuries will result in complex regional pain syndrome so that's kind of an average that they've found just making sure that you're kind of aware that it could literally just be like somebody like sprained their wrist somebody sprained their ankle somebody um really crushed their big toe or something like that and then all of a sudden their entire legs getting swollen from this complex regional pain syndrome And it's just because of the nerves, just because of the nerves. So the biggest thing we're seeing is that sensory stuff. I'm seeing this right now with my one patient who had a complete crush injury of his foot. Thank God he's alive. It was really bad. But we're seeing this kind of happen with patients like that. They're recovering and then all of a sudden they get super, super, super sensitive and get a lot, a lot, a lot of pain. I'm talking like pain just sitting there. And then like if they're trying to put a sock on, it's like super painful. They're not having it at all. Another thing to notice is that this is most common in the age group of individuals from 35 to 60 years old, so kind of like that middle age-ish range. I know middle age range, technically, if we're talking about boards age-wise age is 40 to 60 years old. So I'm not trying to knock anybody listening to this who's like 37, you're still good. But 35 to 60 years old is going to be what we're seeing with a patient who might present with this. And then uh, females are three times more likely to experience complex regional pain syndrome than males. I can't tell you why. That's just what they've noticed is happening with complex regional pain syndrome. Could be along the lines of males are not reporting. Who knows, but you're going to see that it's going to be more likely to show up as a woman who is having this issue of complex regional pain syndrome when it comes to a boards related question. So what does it look like? I have some pictures here, guys. These are kind of like very like dramatic pictures of this. But as I said, for a female between the ages of 35 and 60, that would be like what the boards would start to say of like, age range of this individual could possibly be gender of this patient blah 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 and then usually it's post crush injury they like to use crush injury as one of their kind of determinants of like complex regional pain syndrome but really it's any sort of major injury it could be even a minor injury any sort of injury where then we're seeing these other symptoms that were key hallmark signs of complex regional pain syndrome so we got chronic pain which it's in the name so that kind of helps so chronic pain and this they usually describe this as like an intense burning sharp pain that's like shooting up into their hand so it's spreading proximally so it might start like in the fingers and then now it's spreading up kind of and it's kind of flirting with the elbow now it's kind of coming up proximally so that's what we're seeing usually they describe it as a burning pain the boards likes to say it's a burning pain so we can see that there also is going to be a lot of edema and redness and discoloration we can see this on this bottom picture down here of this foot you can see there's a bunch of redness on the side here. It's like super, super, super swollen. And you're going to see this swelling is like one of those hallmark signs that it's starting to happen. See this in this hand here that like it's getting really swollen, discoloration. This is the acute stage. So this is when we're starting to realize, oh, crap, they might have complex regional pain syndrome. So the boards is probably usually going to show, have it show up as this acute stage because it's very, very identifiable, making sure that we're kind of using our context clues here, guys, and make sure that we're being able to distinguish when is it just complex regional pain syndrome developing? And when is it a DVT that we're like, oh, that's an emergent condition, really, really, really bad. Like complex regional pain syndrome is bad. If we're starting to see it develop, the patient does need to go back to their doctor and get everything checked out but it's not like how it would be with a DVT where it's like, you need to go to the ER right now. So making sure with our differential diagnoses that we're aware of that. As they move through some of these other stages, they'll get into the second stage, which is called a dystrophic dystrophic stage. And that is what we'll see some sort of bone erosion kind of going on. Osteoporosis stuff is kind of like some deterioration at that level. And also if it's the foot or something, the patient's not weight bearing as much. So that osteoporosis kind of puts them like, more risk for like systemic osteoporosis. So, we got to make sure that we're trying to keep them as weight bearing as possible with this patient. But if it's moving on to these stages, we really got to get it under control. And then, as the edema might harden and like the limb is going to decrease in temperature, and because there's less blood flowing to the area, it's just so swollen and everything, um, you're going to start seeing some atrophy through the digits and stuff. That means they're entering into this. Um, Atroph- atrophic atrophic uh, atrophic stage, which is going to be not ideal for this patient. So that's like the third stage along. So we really want to catch this in the acute stage, get it under control and prevent it from getting to these higher stages. Again, the boards is going to care most about that acute stage because that's like hallmark symptoms of what's going on. The big thing to notice is that all of this is happening after the patient has had some sort of injury. So that's a big thing. So you're going to see at all these stages, you're going to see some muscle spasm. That's the big thing this patient's going to be complaining about is that they'll like put their foot down, their whole foot will like seize up and spasm. And they're like, ah, that really hurts. And that's the big things that you're going to see. Atrophy, just because the muscle's not being used as much, even though it's super swollen and it looks like, oh, there's like a lot of stuff there. The muscles themselves are getting smaller because they're atrophying because of disuse. Because if your hand is in like an exorbitant amount of pain, you are not going to want to move it. So, and like, but moving it slightly is going to like exacerbate your pain. You're not going to move it. And remember, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's where we see that atrophy starting. And then you're going to have like some, sometimes they'll have these like tremors and stuff due to the fact that there are motor neurons that are affected. And remember those motor neurons are sending off all of those signals. So that's why they're causing those spasms. And then also they're causing those tremors and stuff. So I don't know if you've ever had like an adrenaline rush, like you almost got hit by a car or something like that, walking across the street or, um, you saw something like super traumatic or something and like you have that adrenaline rush and like you're like shaking afterwards, that's happening all the time. That's why they're having those tremors. So you gotta be careful when it comes to that. So how are we treating it? So most of these patients are gonna be on something called gabapentin. Um, and this is what you'll see out in the clinic. I don't. The boards might decide to quiz you on this. I think I saw a question about this. At least on like one of my practice tests somewhere. Um, but they want to make sure that you understand that gabapentin is one of those things. I believe it was in the. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was on a exactly a practice question but I know definitely in the um, content outline of the FSBPT, they mentioned that gabapentin is one of the drugs that you will need to know along with all those beta blockers and all that stuff. But gabapentin is one of those um, nerve drugs that's supposed to kind of alleviate the patient's pain and stuff like that, calm everything down and and all that. I forget the, the generic name, but that's kind of what's going on with that one and the patient will also probably if it's getting super worse I know I've had patients with this before they'll get nerve blocks in order to just alleviate all that pain because remember those nerves they're firing they're firing they're firing because they're injured and stuff like that and they're sending pain signals so we just block that nerve from getting to the brain then the patient's not in as much pain so those are some other interventions that they might have our PT interventions are step one, we're decreasing the pain, we're using modalities, we're using aquatic therapy, just moving the hand through the water to kind of just like alleviate it, get some warmth through there, maybe they're getting fluidotherapy, something like that. We're making sure that we're just calming all the pain down. We're getting them on their pharmacological management. We're calming everything down because we can't do anything until they're not like in severe pain. Like if we're trying to do like, I don't know, pulleys or something to work on, like arms just grabbing it's causing them like sharp shooting pain. We're not getting anything done. So pain management, step one, step two, increase range of motion. Cause remember those patients are super, super, super swollen. So along with that decreasing the pain, we're also trying to decrease that edema. As we decrease the edema, we're starting to get that range of motion back. That's what we're working on. After we have that range of motion back, then we're working on strength. So big PT interventions that the board likes to make sure you understand when it comes to specifically complex regional pain syndrome is, as I said before, aquatic therapy. These patients love being in the pool. They love it. Just the warm water, just kind of like alleviating their pain. They love it. Also, you can kind of work on some sensory stuff, moving the arm through the water, because the next thing that we want to work on is desensitization training. Again, we can do that in the pool. We can do it with like rice buckets and everything the patient might be. If it's a hand injury, there might be being seen by occupational therapists. Our OT friends have lots of fun sensory things to help our patients with desensitization training, because it could be like a cotton ball And they're interpreting it as they're being stabbed. So we got to work on that hypersensitivity and calm everything down. Because think about it this way. Maybe it's so painful to even be wearing a shirt. And if it's like living somewhere where it's 20 degrees outside that's not good. That means they can't like leave their house. So we got to make sure that we're working on that functional training is a big thing too. making sure that we're working on their ADLs and um, helping them like kind of get back to where they were. If it's like their foot or something working on transfers, all of that stuff, we're helping them out. We're working on that diaphragmatic breathing. So again, that's the belly breathing where you have one hand on your chest, one hand on your stomach, you're breathing deep in letting your belly fill up. And then you're holding for a little bit and then you're letting it out. So that's diaphragmatic breathing, really using that diaphragm. And that helps calm everything down because, again, this patient is probably in a lot of pain. So we want to make sure we're like calming everything down because remember, with the patient's complex regional pain syndrome, as I said at the beginning, they have an overactive sympathetic nervous system. So by doing that deep diaphragmatic breathing, we're activating our parasympathetic nervous system. That's the rest and digest. Section where we're just calm everything down, like, okay, you're not getting hit by a car, you're okay, chill out kind of thing. That's what we're doing. Modalities heat, ice, whatever makes the patient feel good, literally just e stim if they like that too whatever will help with their pain i've had some patients where we put e up a little bit higher to just kind of give them a weird sensation to focus on like an e somewhere else just to give them a weird sensation to focus on other than their hand being in a super amount of pain so that's there's lots of things that you could do there's lots of things you could do and the big thing i was talking about was early treatment is key so you want to catch it when it's in that acute stage treat it get that edema down get them on their gabapentin alleviate pain get that range of motion back we're doing all of that so make sure that we understand what we're doing. So keywords here would be a previous history of trauma. And that's like trauma to the wrist, the foot, the knee, somewhere that we're seeing that they had a previous injury at this area. That would indicate that, okay, that means that it might be complex regional pain syndrome when we're seeing all this stuff. Increased edema. So I had those pictures before where everything's puffing up, blowing up, the hands like really, really, really (laughs) <laughs> if it's the hand, it's like really blown up. So it's like super, super swollen. So that's another thing we want to be pay attention to. Another keyword is hypersensitivity. So this is just like as I said before, if you rub a cotton swab on it, it feels like someone's stabbing you. Like it's so sensitive and it's sensitive and it's painful. So that's where we got the chronic pain. So it's ongoing. Like they're like, I'm just sitting here at rest and I'm in a crap ton of pain right now. Like I am like. Like I've had patients, I'm just sitting there. They're not weight bearing. They're not anything. Their foot's elevated and they're crying. Like that's how much it's painful. And then any sort of atrophy that we're seeing. So we're noticing they're not the, you don't don't use it, you lose it kind of thing with the atrophy. And then this mostly, and I'm saying this just because it's what I've seen is what the boards likes to talk about mostly in the peripheral limbs. So either the hands or the feet, those are the big ones we're going to see where this is happening. Due to those injuries hypersensitivity chronic pain all that stuff so sample question guys a physical therapist assistant is treating a patient with complex regional pain syndrome in the lateral ankle the patient is in the acute stage of this condition and has a chief complaint of swelling and severe burning pain even when just wearing socks what is the most appropriate intervention for this patient at this stage one hamstring stretch in the pool with a noodle two floating vertically in deep water three walking laps in the pool or four straight leg raises on a mat table so I give you guys a second to think about that right guys so the answer is floating vertically in deep water so let me break this down i know you guys were thinking oh aquatic therapy let's pick number one that's aquatic therapy there's three aquatic therapy questions here guys so we're got to break this down and see what's going on because it's not just the simple aquatic therapy answer so they got crps in their lateral ankle okay makes sense periphery and everything Patients in the acute stage, that's the big keywords there. They're in the acute stage. So remember that's the redness, the swelling, the edema, all that stuff, super sensitive. The patient has a chief complaint of swelling and severe burning pain, even when just wearing socks. What is the most appropriate intervention for this patient at this stage? Okay. So We're thinking, what's the most appropriate intervention for this patient? Well, if they're in acute stage, they're super swollen, they're super flaring up. Let's look at our things. What are we doing first? Step one, decrease pain with any sort of modalities, decrease edema with any sort of modalities. Okay, that's the main thing we're focused on here when we're looking at this question. Straight leg raises on mat table, that is more of a strengthening exercise, and also this is not in the pool, so I would say, mm, I'm not liking this one as much. Walking laps in the pool, okay, so we're in the pool, that's good, but we're walking laps in the pool, that means we're putting pressure through the foot. So, this patient has this in the lateral ankle. Now, maybe if this was a patient who had in the hand, just walking the laps through the pool would be good aerobic exercise. And we're kind of like just, you know, working some sensitivity to the hand, but it's in the foot and they're still putting pressure through the bottom of their foot. And if they're walking laps in the pool, the pool's probably at least like chest level or lower. So, they are still having a decent amount of weight in there. Because remember, let's think of our buoyancy when it comes to water. The big thing to think about, big component of pool therapy. Hamstring stretch in the pool with a noodle. Okay, so range of motion is a good thing, but hamstring stretch in the pool with a noodle. If we're putting, I don't know if you guys have ever used a pool noodle before and you try to like push down on it or something like that. It's pushing up with a lot of force because it's floating. So the buoyancy is like pulling it up. So that's what ha- helps you put a hamstring stretch. You put your foot in the noodle and the noodle comes up to the surface and you're stretching your hamstring. Well, that's also putting a lot of pressure on the foot. So when the, like, Noodle is wrapped around the foot. It's pushing it up, which, if the patient says they have a lot of pain, even when just wearing socks, that noodle pushing up on their foot is going to send them through the roof. So, this patient's not going to like it. A lot of pain. So, number one is definitely out. Number three is definitely out. Walking laps in the pool, straight leg raise on the mat table. We're not in the pool. I'm not liking it. But let's look at number two. And let me tell you why this one is like the best answer. Floating vertically in deep water. In the deep water, that means that their feet aren't touching the ground. So that means that there's no extra pressure going through their foot or anything. However, there is the hydrostatic pressure working on their ankle. That hydrostatic pressure, remember, as we go deeper into the water, there's more pressure of the water pushing up. Now, here's the thing. We can use that hydrostatic pressure to our advantage to help with edema. And this patient's chief complaint is swelling and severe burning pain. So... To have them in the pool with the deep water, there's that pressure kind of pushing on the foot a little bit through the hydrostatic pressure, which isn't going to cause a lot much pain as like pressing the foot on the bottom of the pool. This is going to help with that edema, help pushing it up because the patient is sitting vertically in the pool. They're also not touching the bottom of the pool and they're really not doing much. They're just floating vertically. They're soaking up the modality. They are using the pool as one big hot pack. That's also squeezing them a little bit to help with that edema they're loving it, they feel great, this is the most appropriate intervention for the patient at this stage because their chief complaint is they're hurting, they got swelling, and they are very sensitive. So just floating in the deep water, that's the best answer for this. Hamstring stretch with a pool noodle is going to hurt hurt them walking laps in the pool is going to hurt them because of the pressure straight leg raises on the mat table if there's a pool option pool option's probably better and also with a patient in this stage where they have burning pain and everything our main thing is to decrease pain with this patient then we can move on to range of motion then we can move on to strengthening that's why number 4 is wrong because that's a strengthening one we just want to work on decreasing pain right now because as long as we decrease the pain then the patient can live their happiest functional life All right, guys, that's all I have for you guys. You guys take care and I will see you in the next one. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.